Oh, what fresh hell is this? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. All right, it is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. Uh, Junior, Alan, and Ben are here with you tonight. If you had it, <clears throat> haven't had a chance to check out our previous episode with uh, Enrique Sanchez, the owner of Global Premium Cigars, makers of 1502 cigars be sure to check out that last episode uh, really great interview with him we enjoyed talking to him uh, so be sure to check that out either itunes stitcher or your favorite uh podcasting application i actually found a uh, a new one that i like called podbean uh, p-o-d-b-e-a-n i actually found it by accident because someone made a comment about one of our podcasts on uh Podbean. Somehow I got an email about it. I have no idea how, uh, but I got logged in on there, checked it out, liked it, responded to the comments. So try that app if you're looking for a new uh, podcasting solution. Uh, but we're all here tonight. I uh, am smoking on actually. It's uh, it's actually a really cheap cigar. It's called the Artesian by uh, Famous Smoke Shop, and you can get these online. Uh, it's something that we've all kind of been experimenting with here lately. Uh, it's in their 20 under 20 section. Uh, so a bundle of these is basically $20. They have the Nicaraguan, the Havana version. Uh, there was one other one. Uh, Honduran, I believe, was the other one. Um, all three are really good. Great uh, everyday smokes. So that's what I'm smoking tonight. Ben, what are you working on over there? Um, well, the other day... Um, I had smoked a Rocky Patel Decade Cameroon, uh, which is something that Rocky Patel started a couple of years ago, uh, like three years ago, where he took the regular Decade blend, which is a Nicaraguan puro, Nicaraguan binder, filler, and wrapper, but he exchanged the wrapper with a Cameroon wrapper. Now, Cameroon, coming from Africa, um, is, for those who may not know, uh, it's a thinner leaf, it's more expensive to make. Uh, to cultivate, it's a little more difficult leaf to work with, and so. Um, but Rocky, you know, as he's a perfectionist, he wants to try to do everything the best that he can. So he took a bold uh, move and took the decade uh, that everyone has fallen in love with, and put a Cameroon wrapper on it. And what I've noticed between smoking his regular decade versus the Cameroon is that the Cameroon version tends to be a little bit on the sweeter, uh, earthier side. Um, it doesn't have any as much notes of like chocolate as it does that, that earth uh, flavor to it, which I really enjoyed. Um, I actually had it outside. I was taking my uh, dog to the park and, and smoked it there. Um, and it, the burn, I had no issues with the burn. I had no issues with the draw. And the flavors, I thought I, I could really, uh, were like medium bodied, uh, but full in flavor. So um, uh, I got a, a five pack of those from online and I really enjoyed them. I'm going to. Uh, age them for just a little while longer as long as I can stand it uh, and continue smoking the rest of those. Yeah, definitely sounds pretty good. I'll have to add that one to my, my list there. Uh, Alan, what are you working on? You enjoyed it. Yeah. I did. I really did. Uh, Alan, what are you working on over there? Well, I did something very interesting this, this weekend. I was actually rotating and playing with my cigars based on something we're going to do a little later on. And I found a cigar in the humidor. I know that's a bizarre thing to say, but I had completely forgotten that I even had it. So 
I decided to use it for the review this week. And what it is is a Vivalo Series Exclusiva. Have you guys ever heard of that? I have not. All right. Yeah, well, I let me tell you a little either. bit about this. Now, you know, a cigar is more than taste. And there's always a backstory to a good cigar. And this is no different. There's a gentleman by the name of Patrick Vivalo who joined the cigar industry in 1997. And in 2002, he became a sales executive for Rocky Patel Premium Cigars. And most recently was in charge of inside sales. While with Rocky Patel, uh, Patrick had the opportunity to create and blend a personal cigar at the factory in Honduras. And it was a 6x44 Lonsdale that came to be known as the Vivalo Series Exclusiva. Now, in 2013, while on a factory tour led by uh, Patrick himself, two retailers, uh, one of Tinderbox of Waldorf, Maryland, and Dan Cigars Lounge in Rosedale, Maryland, tried this personal blend, and then they contacted Rocky about carrying the cigar as an exclusive in their shops. The release was announced in April of 2013, and while Rocky Patel Premium Cigars produces the Vivalo Series Exclusivo, Patrick Vivalvo retained the rights to his name. Now, in September of 2014, the cigar line went national and expanded to a total of five Vitolas. Now, early in 2015, Patrick announced that he would be leaving Rocky, and on February 27th, he formally left and launched his own cigar brand, of course, Vivalvo Cigars, on March 1st, 2015, and had an official launch at the 2015 IPCPR trade show and convention. Now, when it comes to the construction, the Vivalvo Series Exclusivo is a Nicaraguan Poro, which means that the blends in this, all the tobaccos in the blend come from the same country. In this case, Nicaragua. The wrapper is a Jalapa, Colorado shade. The binder is from Esteli, and the filler is from the regions of Esteli and Jalapa, and all from Nesta Placinas Farms. What's interesting is that the cigar is manufactured in Honduras, and more importantly, each Vitola has its own flavor profile, but they share common characteristics of the blend with each other. In other words, each ring gauge and length is different in strength and taste. The Lonsdale is considered the mildest offerings in the line, while the Robusta Grande is considered the strongest. And the cigar is also available as a Robusto, a Bellicoso, and a Gordo. Now, for this review, I enjoyed the Robusto Grande, which has the strongest flavor profile. Overall, the construction's meticulous, with the Jalapa Colorado shade wrapper sporting a rich medium brown color with a lustrous red tint. The draw of the Vivalvo Series Exclusivo Robusto Grande produced a slight resistance in the draw, 
but produced a large volume of smoke, making Miss Vitola easy to enjoy. As the cigar warmed up, the draw became even easier. Now, the Vivalvo series exclusive Robusto Grande was a somewhat complex smoke, but balanced. I noticed predominant flavors of rich coffee with notes of cedar, white pepper played with my senses a little bit, while hints of a creamy milk chocolate emerged. As always with Nicaraguan tobacco, an earthiness abounds with rich, flavorful, and satisfying smoke, just demanding you take another draw. And I found the flavor to be very fulfilling without being overpowering. Now, this is a great dinner cigar or for an evening coffee. Experienced smokers and even newer smokers ready to branch out would enjoy this Vitola. It was just an enjoyable cigar, and therefore the Vivalvo Series Exclusivo Robusto Grande gets a cigar tipster by recommendation, if you can find it. Mark? Yeah, it definitely sounds like a good one. Uh, based on what you were saying there, where you've got this company that's taking and they're making, you know, each size a, a distinct blend, you know, with some characteristics that are there, but kind of mixing up the blends, is that something that you you, you think is going to become an industry trend or is this just, just kind of a maybe a brainchild of this individual? Well, you know, Mark, to the best of my knowledge, this is a first. And here's why. You know that cigar producers typically go to great lengths to ensure that the Vitolas within a line have the same flavor and strength profiles. Now, there's always going to be some slight distances, but the concept is that the Robusto is going to taste like the Churchill, and the Churchill is going to taste like the Corona. And that's the way they typically want it. You know, for many, what they'll do, like Perdermo is a great example of this, is they'll produce a line and then they'll use different wrappers to produce different flavor profiles. So this is one of the first where, or is the first that I'm aware of, where they used each size or each Vitola to produce a completely different flavor profile. And I'll tell you, I would have said, hey, this is going to be a great trend, but it's a flash in the pan. You guys have probably never heard of this cigar. And I'll bet most of our listeners have never heard of this cigar. And there's a really good reason for it. And the reason is, is that... Most of the cigar shops felt like they were being held up to buy all five lines or all five Vitolas. You know, typically when when we bring in a new cigar into a shop, we're bringing in, we start out with one size, maybe two. But then being told you got to bring all five because each one's got a different flavor, uh, flavor profile it kind of puts you over a barrel, you know, as far as your expenses go and your, your inventory. So there was a lot of 
shop owners and, and shops that just never brought it in. And then they made a big marketing mistake where they were giving exclusives to certain people depending on the geographic area. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the um, cigar was available to, say, a shop on the other side of town, but because it was available to the other side of town, it wasn't available to me on my side of town or my section of town. And needless to say, um, I haven't seen this cigar anywhere since it first came out and uh, was the exclusive of just a couple of places in town. And eventually it ended up in the, um, you know, discount bins to get rid of it. So I think this is a trend that was a flash in the pan. I don't even know if the company is still uh, in production with this cigar. And uh, although it's a great cigar, if you can find it, I'm going to say try it. Uh, between you, me, and a lamppost, I don't think this is a great idea. Yeah, and I'm sure as as individual shop owners, you you know there are certain Vitolas that you're going to sell very well, and there are certain ones that you're not going to sell any of. Uh, I know there's a, a local shop about 45 minutes from me that it's hard to find anything under a 660. Everything is that or larger. And then there were shops in Huntsville where you can't find anything above 660. So uh, most of these shops know what their people want and don't want to bring in a bunch of stuff that they know they're going to have a hard time selling. Classic example. My shop was, we sold a tremendous amount of Robustos and Toros. Figurados didn't go very well, and the 6x60s didn't go very well. Just, you know, that's just the way it is. And we got a little bit of new FDA news coming out today. It looks like they are going to re-examine their method for regulating premium cigars. Maybe (laughs) now that they've got everybody's money. Yeah, really. I, I think it's, uh, truthfully, I think it's a lot of uh, a lip service to slow down the lawsuits and, you know, the rhetoric that's going around. But uh, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on where this is going and where this might end up. Well, Mark, I'll tell you, you I think you just hit the nail on the head. You know, these, these things seem to be going absolutely nowhere and i think it just is is lip service yeah i think it's that's just the fda's way at least from my point of view that they're saying all right well you know what we'll fine we'll look at it it's kind of like just saying something to shut everybody up and say okay fine we'll just go away and we'll do something and then you know like everything else it'll get buried in paperwork so it seemed to there seemed to be, based on the article, a resonance with uh, uh, you know a couple of the cigar manufacturer CEOs like oh you know the FDA is finally giving us a chance and going to look everything over and thinking well I don't know they, they haven't been cooperative this entire time I, I don't see a light going off at the FDA saying you know what maybe we really should do this I just think it's you know it's. Um, closing the barn door after the horse has run out of the stable. And, well, um, I think what they want is 
more time. You know, they they bit off a lot more than they can chew, and they just want time. And I think this is a way for them to get it. I mean, even the bureau the bureaucratic vernacular that the FDA is using. The government agency issued a quote an advance notice of proposed rulemaking or ANPRM. I don't know what the hell that means. That sounds like something a lawyer made up in a room somewhere. And, it, it, you know, and it's to ensure that the FDA has a broad scientific and regulatory foundation to efficiently and effectively implement the Tobacco Control Act. What a mouthful to say so little. Um, that makes my head hurt. It does. It, it, it really does. And, uh, and look at, look at the, uh, the, the topics that they are, the agency, quote, is looking for. Um, the definition of premium cigars. Well, it's a leaf and water. That's the definition. Use patterns of premium cigars generally and among youth and young adults specifically. Well, the FDA has already confirmed that youth and young adults aren't using them, so I don't see what the hell the point of that study is. Public health considerations associated with premium cigars, including health effects. Again, the FDA has done its own study and determined that one to two cigars a day have a nil effect of the body. So that's been ruled out. Studies or information regarding consumer perceptions of the health risks of premium cigars. Um, considering we're not walking around and blowing the smoke in people's faces on the sidewalk, I, I don't know what the consumer perception is. And studies or information on whether any applicable manufacturing, marketing, sales, distribution, advertising, labeling, blah, 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 should be applied differently to premium cigars compared to other tobacco products. Um, I, I would say that um, I would just leave premium cigars the hell alone. Um, it, you know, guys, it really sounds to me like they just can't seem to separate hand-rolled premium cigars from cigarettes. No. They don't get it. I don't know how you don't get it. They're ex they're vastly different. <laughs> vastly different. They don't get it. No, they don't. The market is different. The production is different. The, the distribution is different. The marketing is different. The design is different. All it is different. The culture is different. Insane. The culture is different. The, 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 the consumer is different. The purchasing is it's all different. And to look at a cigarette and look at, you know, a premium cigar and say, oh, yep, they're exactly the same because they both can contain, quote, tobacco. It, it's not. It's just not. You know, you go to a steakhouse and get a, a prime rib burger and you go to McDonald's. They're both burgers, but the taste and the quality and the, and the, and the design is way different. So, how dare you insult a Big Mac? No, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm, I didn't say it was worse. I said it was different. <laughs> You're allowed to have your Big Macs here <laughs> and your chicken McNuggets and whatnot. Hey, I like nuggets. Don't, don't, don't start do. hating on the nuggets. And I'm not hating on the nuggets. Everyone likes the good nuggets. Um, but you know, who knows? I mean, at, at least it's, it's, it's a word of some kind from the FDA saying something. It's at least a response. Um, but I think this is just going to get buried in more paperwork, and eventually there's going to be a new article where nothing's happened. Just my prediction, based on what I've seen so far. Well, you know, Mark, what I find so interesting about this is really our next topic. Yeah, and that was exactly 
the thing that I kind of wanted to segue into here is, you know, you've got all this FDA bullcrap going on in the background, yep. but in 2017, the United States imported 330 million premium cigars. This is the most uh, since 1998. And it's like the boom all over again. How is that? How is yeah, that possible? Yeah, it says not only was 2017 the biggest import year in two decades, it was dominated by Nicaragua, which enjoys its second year as the largest supplier of premium cigars to the United States, uh, beating out the Dominican Republic. Uh, premium cigar imports were up 2.4% over 2016, uh, which equates to about 8 million more than 16. So even with all this crap going on, the business is booming, apparently. I don't see how. I mean, it's it's with all the stringent laws and uh, well, what's, here, what's going on here is first of all, the cigars are just getting better and better and better. That is true. They're, they're more creative. They're more interesting. There's more opportunity for tastes and blendings, and and there's more of us that are obviously enjoying cigars. And although we may not be able to enjoy them everywhere we used to be able to, we're creating alternatives to that. Yeah, I think it, uh, in a way, speaks to the American spirit a little bit, you know, somewhat. Obviously, it's not as an extreme uh, situation as prohibition back in the day. But one way or another, if you take something away from us, or attempt to, we will find a way to, to make it happen, uh, whether it's, you know, legal or otherwise. But I think it's just, in a lot of ways, maybe the market is just adjusting more so than hurting. So the market is just moving slightly to the left or right and going around the laws. Like, well, we'll just go over here then. And so you can't go there. All right, well, we'll just move over here then. And we're just, like you said, we're just doing our thing maybe just somewhere else but yeah you know you've got all these parks and you know stadiums and stuff like this oh you can't smoke here you can't do this here can't do that here uh you know here here comes a guy opening a premium cigar shop we'll go smoke at his shop we'll smoke in our backyard uh we'll smoke on alan's deck Um, (laughs) (laughs) which which we do a lot of yes we will or as we did this past weekend in his office because it was rather chilly and windy uh, for the end of March in Atlanta. Yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah, you know it's uh, yeah, I bet you do. Well, and if we're importing that many cigars, they're being smoked somewhere. Oh yeah, I mean it's somebody yeah. is doing it somewhere. The day after my my work meeting when I was in Atlanta, I got to. Uh, bounce around and check a few of the shops out and um, specifically blue Havana Two up in Alpharetta is where I found what I was looking for, which I'll talk about that in a second. But you know, these shops, you go into them and they have a fantastic selection. I mean, literally you get that kid in a candy store feeling when you walk into some of these stores, just because the uh, floor to ceiling is just choices. So let me ask you guys, since you're in the, the Atlanta area and, there's more. Um, there's a lot more shops there than obviously what I have up here. But 
have you noticed that because of all these newer laws that are coming out where you can't smoke in public parks and places and things like that, do you see a more dense congregation of people in these cigar shops as their haven too? Or do you see, you know, about the same? I would have to say that from what I see, it's about the same. Okay. I think a lot of people are kind of resigning to smoking at home or smoking on the golf course. Um, I'll go down to the boat sometimes and smoke there. I I think they're just moving the party somewhere else. You know, it used to be, I could say, let's go out, let's do this, and then we'll enjoy a cigar. And now it's, let's go out, let's do this, and then we can come home and enjoy a cigar. So I think there are a lot more of us that are smoking at home. And that way, we're not hassled, we're not bothered, and we do what we want in the privacy of our own home or the backyard. Do you think that, I'm thinking abstractly, but as far as these government regulations, do you think it will reach to the private homes, to where you can't be seen in your backyard or in public at all? You know, anything is possible. Yeah. Uh, You know, you could have, uh, as far as law goes, I don't think it will ever go that far. But, you know, you do have something new going on now. Like in Atlanta, a lot of the... uh, homeowners associations might be getting involved in this. You know, for example, they I can't wait for them to tell me uh, I can't smoke a cigar on my own deck. Okay. And, you know, they, they could make a rule like that. There are apartment communities now that are touting that they are smoke-free zones and you can't smoke in the apartment, you can't smoke outside on the property of the apartment, and you can't even smoke in your car on the property of the apartment community. Okay. So, so I think anything's possible, but I can't see, say, um, you know, Woodstock or Cherokee County or even the state of Georgia saying, you know, no, you, you can't smoke in your own home. I, I don't think that would ever happen. Okay. It's just too much. All right. Yeah, I think there would be a definite fight on the hands if that ever came up. But let's talk a little bit. Uh, we'll swing it over and talk a little bit about what we smoked recently. Uh, with, the reason I actually brought this topic up was what I found uh, at Blue Havana 2 over in Alpharetta, Georgia. And that was the 1502 Blue Sapphire. And we had mentioned this during the interview with Enrique on the previous episode, but this is one that several of us had mentioned we had wanted to try, so I was glad to finally find it. It is a Nicaraguan Puro. Now, typically when you hear that term, you think really strong cigars, but this one is, uh, they advertise it medium to full. Uh, Having had it, I would put it firmly at a medium, but it's got a nice, earthy, woody, pepper thing going forth that's kind of you know something that you would expect for uh, a Nicaraguan cigar but definitely uh, highly enjoyed that one 
uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about that cigar just a little bit more on a future episode. Uh, anybody else had anything recently that they just really enjoyed? Well, I haven't had anything I haven't enjoyed. Sure. <laughs> you know, I, I let me. Uh, I've got a, a little travel humidor here, and I'm gonna open it up and uh, tell you what's in it here. You know, I've got a uh, J Fuego Heat, which I have enjoyed many, many times. A uh, Monte Cristo Relentless, which I haven't smoked yet. I can't wait for that one. And, uh, oh, I've got a bunch of new AJ Fernandez that I've tried, that I got from Famous, that I have really, really, really enjoyed. Was that the uh, Pantheon? That's the Pantheon, and boy, they are, they were good. I also have here something I've never tried before. Uh, what is this called? Lord Blackburn. Another famous. Can't wait to try that. And, of course, I have a... Uh, uh, I don't know what that is. Let's, <laughs> I... You know, I'm sitting here, it's practically dark in, in my office, and uh, it's hard to read some of these labels. Then I have The Judge by a J. Fuego, and of course, uh, during the week, I was smoking the J. Fuego, The Judge, Volume 2, which I really enjoyed, so I can't wait to try some of these. Yeah, and speaking of uh, famous, you gave me one of the uh, Seven Deadly Sins uh, E for Envy. Uh, I smoked that on the way home from Georgia and found it really enjoyable. I haven't even tried it yet. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. I would uh, so many cigars, such little time. <laughs> ain't that the truth? Yeah. The the reason I felt comfortable actually putting this topic on the agenda is because my my travel humidor actually has the the layers back in it as it was originally designed and is not is no longer just a, a ridiculous trove of uh, about. 70 more cigars than you should actually have in there. Uh, but as I was going through it, I, I noticed I have uh, a fair bit more vicarious than I thought I had. I've got one of each color, at least one of each color, uh, white, blue, black, red. Got all four of them. Uh, got quite a few. I caught a deal on some CAO flathead steel horse. I've got about eh, five or six of those still floating around. Uh, some Camacho Diplomas, Camacho Corojo, uh, Camacho American Barrel Aged. Yes, there is a Camacho theme here. Uh, let's see, what else is in there? Then I've got a couple that were given to me as um, part of cigar bombs, uh, you know, where someone surprises you with a, a mailbox full of cigars. There's two of them that don't have labels on them. I don't have a damn clue what they are, uh, but eventually they will get smoked. And then I have my uh, smuggled straight from England uh, Monte Cristo number two that is hanging out waiting for an appropriate time. And then I also have a fake Monte Cristo number two that I plan to eventually dissect just for the hell of it. And Ben, what are you, uh, what are you hiding over there? He's got sticks um, and twigs. Sticks and twigs. I, I don't have that, that vast of, of inventory. I've just got uh, Camacho, Ecuador, Perdomo, Champagne, uh, Davidoff, Ashton, the the Rocky Patel Decade, uh, Cameroon, 
And let's see if there's anything else in here. And the lump of coal that he got for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got two of those aging in my humidor right now. There's an A.J. Fernandez um, enclave that I have. And there's one cigar that um, I was given by my... Uh, my mom's friend, he says it was a Cuban uh, bought on St. James Street in, in England because he's from there. Um, I There's no band on it. It came in a box. I'll have to just find out how legit that is. But that's pretty much what I'm working with now. I'm rebuilding my inventory from uh, online, of which, Junior, I wonder if you don't mind sharing that little thing that I found on CigarBid.com. Where somebody paid an exorbitant amount oh, of money <laughs> for a box of smokes. Let, let, let me see if I can find that real quick because it was. Uh... Yeah, Alan, you got to hear about this. I I thought, you know, the, the cigars at my local shop were a little over the top expensive. Um, this kind of made my head spin a little bit. I, I don't know if it's actually true if there was a mistake in there, but it's just what I saw. I hope for the sake of this guy's wallet that uh, this is not true, but uh, yeah. Scarbid, I will admit. Somebody get overexcited and throw an extra zero in? Quite possibly, yes. Uh, it's possible. It might have been two extra zeros, actually. Uh, what we have here, uh, and Cigar Bid is a wonderful tool for those looking to catch a deal on cigars from time to time, but don't do what this gentleman did because we have – a box of 24 Don Pepin Garcia Blue Delicias. Uh, they are the Churchill size, so good size cigars, but uh, the one That's winner... About a $200 box of cigars. <laughs> the, yeah. the one winner... Uh, ben, do you want to say it? Yeah, he uh, a guy from Jacksonville, Florida, he paid five thousand dollars for this box that's what it says online i'm pretty sure it's an error but like the, the auction was going for five thousand and two dollars and it says yeah, the auction true. closed that this guy he bought one unit one box for five thousand dollars i think i don't i, I don't <laughs> this is kind of funny considering you, uh considering yeah. cigar bids uh checkout process is autom automatic i think i'd be canceling my credit card just in case I would, and it, I would think it'd be kind of weird. That, like, hey, I paid five grand for a two hundred dollar box. I know these cigars are good, but I don't think they're that good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they are good, but not five thousand dollars. No, I took a yeah. snapshot of it and sent it to Junior, and he's like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> yeah, I That's really absolutely am amazing. Yeah. And and uh, hypothetically, let's see, let's say that happened and. He was going to type in $50, and somehow he typed in $5,000. $500. Yeah, maybe. I mean... They, I would they, would, they wouldn't make him pay 5000 Yeah, I would really hope not. I would really hope that there would be some sort of understanding there. Yeah. Uh, it was just funny to see that. Like, wow, really? Oh, okay. But yeah, uh, you know, uh, be, be careful what you bet on there. So life lesson. Yeah, years ago, I remember bidding on something on eBay, and it was had gotten up to thirty dollars, and I realized I was uh, fighting with somebody to to win. And at the last second, this individual decided he was going to get he was going to win, and he ended up putting in uh, three hundred. 
and and you know what we were bidding on was definitely only worth about thirty dollars, and and I just looked at that and just started laughing. It's like, hey, for three hundred, it's yours. Yeah, he really, really wanted it. All right, so as we get ready to uh, wind this thing up tonight, anybody got any final thoughts they want to throw out on the way uh, into Never Never Land tonight? We have a very interesting thing going to happen here on Saturday. Uh, The 21st, I believe. Is it the 21st? No. Anyway, we on Saturday, we have an event at Wise Ash Cigars, and then that night... We have another event called the Full Moon Earth. And these are big cigar parties that only take place on a Saturday night if it's a full moon. So there's only two or three a year. And that's uh, that'll be the 31st uh, for the Saturday. 31st. Yeah, okay. That definitely sounds like an interesting one and definitely not uh, not an event that you see every day. Any any particular company that's behind it, or is it just kind of a celebrating well, the full moon kind of thing? There's a character here in town uh, in the cigar arena. His name is Old Boar, and he runs these full moon herbs. He's been doing it for years. He also does the um, Smoking Aces poker tournaments here which is strictly for cigar smokers. And he gets uh, different organizations and uh, shops to put together poker teams. And, of course, there's no money exchange. The whole thing's for charity. But the, the winner, whatever the organization or the shop is, they get this big trophy to gloat over for the next year. Well, a good time. So if you're anywhere in the uh, Atlanta area, be sure to check that check this out and I will have this out tomorrow so that this will actually be a timely announcement. Uh, so if you're in Atlanta on the 31st, uh, definitely check out the full moon hearth. And don't forget about the wise ash event. True. And Ben, you got anything over there? No, actually it's uh, words of encouragement hearing this past article that we're importing more cigars now than ever before, despite uh, the FDA's uh, attempted progress to kill all tobacco products, including premium cigars. Uh, to be honest, that, that actually kind of makes me proud a little bit um, that we are still kind of patriots um, and we enjoy what we enjoy. And that's what we're going to do despite uh, government regulations. So um, to me, the importation of that many smokes uh, being a record, is good news to me, uh, regardless of what the FDA says that we're going to review this. And, and, and look, I don't give a damn. I, I care that more cigars are being played. That means people are buying them, people are enjoying them, and that's the way it should be. True. That's my question. Definitely, definitely agree with that. And if you hear that sound in the background, that is Ben's wife telling him that there's snow in the driveway to be shoveled. <laughs> Speaking of that, do you have a snowblower yet? You know, I don't have to because we live in an apartment, and in the lease it actually comes with snow removal so the condo here is responsible for that i don't know why i care but i've always kind of wanted a (laughs) snowblower they sell them at the wall it's a a redneck (laughs) yeah yeah, it's a redneck georgia brother (laughs) i'll do uh i'll blow some sand yeah you don't you don't need it in georgia you need it here 
<laughs> All right, well, this has been the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. On behalf of Alan, uh, the Scar Savant, Ben, and myself, we bid you good night. And good night. Good night.